Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Make It Plain. Make It Plain. M I P. With Massimella Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our regular contributors and partners on this broadcast, Make It Plain, for years has been Media Matters for America. We're joined now by the president, as always, Angelo Carasone. Angelo, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you as always. So the lead story at Media Matters right now on cable news, the architects of the war in Afghanistan are now framing coverage of the withdrawal. It, it's kind of uh, paradoxical, isn't it, that these these people are offering this punditry and critiques. And they're some of the people who got us in this mess in the first place. Yeah, that's right. You know, we now, <clears throat> when we did the analysis it was really narrow sliver too. It's not even like we went to the whole range of right wing war war hawks that had been advocating for war in Afghanistan and always, you know, running interference for it for decades. We even excluded them from the conversation. We just said, let's look at the people that are really the nexus of responsibility. Who are the architects? Who've been reported as the architects? Um, so you know, we're looking at other news reporting. We basically looked at, you know, six guys and found out that they're on TV in a span of a few days. So over 51 times across all three cable networks. There's no, there's no one. I mean, obviously there's varying degrees between how terrible each of them were when it came to this. But the problem, the reality is the problem was across the board. All three cable networks uncritically brought on these architects to let them frame the withdrawal. And obviously, you know what their perspective was, right? More war, more time. Um, and it, it, is a, it is a good, you know, there's been a lot of that sentiment and the critique about the coverage. But I think the idea here was let's look right at the center and see how the, the, the people that have always been considered the architects were treated. And they got to shape the narrative. <laughs> 10 days, 51 appearances. Yep. Uh, Jack, Jack Keane, 16 on Fox, 16 appearances. Barry McCaffrey, 13, all on MSNBC. David Petraeus, 6, 3 on CNN, 2 on Fox, 1 on MSNBC. H.R. McMaster, 3 on Fox, 
two on CNN and two on MSNBC for a total of seven appearances. And Douglas Luke, five appearances between MSNBC and CNN. And yeah, we have seen Leon Panetta too on CNN and on MSNBC. And and as you point out, some of you might be wondering, well, uh, who else would you have? Well, there have been almost no guests with, as uh, you quote, Sarah Lazar in these times. There are plenty of other voices that could be weighing in on the U.S. withdrawal. The countless people around the world, including in Afghanistan, who have been marching and protesting the war for 20 years. No voices, no nothing. It, it's pretty no. shameful. That's right. I mean, and that's, you know, I mean, Barbara Lee got one interview, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, right, right. Uh, it's like, you know, I mean, they, they brought her on very early on. And it's not like that, that was, there was not a, a, a real interest to have an actual debate or a framing. And in part because the, the, the cable news got committed to a narrative about what this meant for people's safety, what this meant for America's position in the world, right? I mean, they got committed to a narrative that withdrawal was bad. And that even further disincentivized them to, to bring on guests that would provide a clash, which is, if you think about it, a very rare thing on cable news, right? I mean, you know cable, you know what this business is like. When you're getting booked, they always try to figure out to bring somebody on that's going to have a different perspective. It's all about building clash, right? Having the, that kind of opportunity for, you know, for the guests to, you know, you know if they're going at it responsibly and politely, but to have a disagreement, to actually come to some clash. There was no effort to have clash across cable news. Um, and, you know, the thing that I find really interesting about these guests is that it wasn't just that they were doing the segments and then that was the end of the discussion. Then you'd have the reaction segment immediately after the their appearances, right, where you'd bring on pundits or former Bush administration officials to comment on the thing that Petraeus or McMaster or McCaffrey just said. So you were building not just segments, but entire blocks of programming around their appearance and further, you know, not having on, as you point out, some of these other guests that they that could have offered a different perspective. So even when there was a very clear segment dedicated to it, they still weren't providing that that range. And I think, you know, it obviously has an effect. It builds a narrative and, and that's that's what they told. But also too, we know how um, ratings hungry these networks are. It, it seems that they believe having these big names or official titles, he draws more viewers. That's probably part of their thinking too, isn't it? Part of it. I'm sure that is. You know, there is a competition to get some of these guests on because they have a name or an affiliation. But I mean, look, I've often said like, look, they can can make almost, they made Donald Trump's empty podiums empty, you know, empty podiums in 2016 interesting, right? So, I mean, they would have that on the screen all the time. And they could make a melting ice cap interesting yeah. if they really wanted to, right? So right. some of it is how they frame the segments and the packaging around it as well. And bringing on board a, someone to have a radically interesting and different opinion, yeah, would probably get a lot of attention. And I think, you know, I think what they end up doing is that some of these services have streaming platforms and sort of digital only programs, and they have better discussions on there. That if you look online, tend to be more well received across the other, because they're having a wider discussion. So yeah, I think some of it I can understand you want to have a name i appreciate that but overall i think the coverage has been really bad and it shows us just and i hope you see this in a lot of other big areas too but this in particular was they got committed to a narrative and they brought these people on that were on and they were uncritical i mean they treated them as the vaunted experts here and there was just not a lot of criticism so if you're going to bring them on at least be at least give the context you're right they can make anything interesting uh we learned that from uh 
Ron Burgundy Anchorman, didn't he? When, right. <laughs> when they just showed the car chase and that ended up defining modern media coverage. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, you're right. They could. They could do. They could do just that. More MIP after this message. What I also think is feeble to Angelo, and I'm sure you remember this, during the Bush administration, they deliberately stopped showing the bodies coming home to Dover, Delaware. That was deliberate to keep, because when you see that, when that happened during the Johnson administration, that had an impact. All the flag draped coffins, that takes a toll. Bush administration never showed those images. Biden goes to Delaware and they show, the Biden administration obviously has no problem showing all of that. But to me, it's feeble of the media not to consider that even the lack of coverage of lost service members in Afghanistan for so many years has has had an effect on people's sentiment toward the war. So that's the irony. That's the paradox. You see the 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 tragedy now, the deaths now. And it's as if that is so far more unbearable than what was going on for 20 years. And and yeah. The, 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 that the two don't stack up at all. No, and you know they'll, they'll take the wounded warrior projects, millions of dollars in advertising revenue, right? I mean, they run those wounded warrior project commercials right. all the time right. for years. Million, I mean, they are a major advertiser on cable news, um, and that is, you know, they'll take that wounded warrior project money to advertise to people to give more donations so that they can help with prosthetics and rehoming and transition services and support services for veterans coming back from Afghanistan that have been injured, but they won't do segments on it, right? As to your point, they won't cover that. So, you know, it's not that they don't know, they do, but it doesn't fit a narrative. And uh, I think to me, the big lesson in all of this, aside from the politics, is that it's a, it's a, it's a, a live fire example of how a narrative can get latched onto and how powerful that can be when it is being echoed across the entire media ecosystem. Um, it really drowns out a lot of opportunity for a wider discussion, for a recalibration of what that opinion is. The consensus was this was a giant mess up and a mistake and that we're all gonna be unsafe and you know it's gonna be. And I think that that's not a fair consensus, especially when you look at their, the way that the news media had covered this. They didn't cover the Bush, I mean, they didn't cover Trump's deal with the Taliban. They didn't cover all the stuff that was happening in Afghanistan all these months. They certainly didn't cover to any real great extent the death toll and the human toll. And that does that matters. I mean, that's gonna that's affecting the decision here. So I I, th- I think it's a good example. You know, we have some big existential fights ahead. And this moment right here just I think was a, a good reminder that you cannot count on the news media when it comes to protecting people's right to vote or other basic rights. They're not going to be a, a champion coming in at the very end to you know arbiter, be an arbiter of what is appropriate and what is right. There's not. They're not going to do that. And, and I think you know, we, like I said, we have big crisis. We have. We're still dealing with COVID. We have climate change. We have an existential threat to our democracy and voting. And to me, the thing is not because I disagreed with the coverage, but if I just look at the methodology, the way they approach the coverage, this is not bode well for the three big fights that we have in front of us. And so, again, it, it begs the question, are they still under the influence of Trump or under the influence of, as you and I have talked about ad nauseum, this need to avoid any hint of a, a, of a liberal bias in media to the point where they go to the other extreme and don't police themselves? I mean, why, why was there not more coverage given, as you said? to what Trump did and didn't do when it came to Afghanistan, his his foibles. And yet Biden is actually carrying out policy 
that Trump put in place, which was withdrawal. And mm-hmm. you would think that he is responsible. It's like all of the, 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 the bedlam that has come about has totally fallen on his shoulders. What is that about? What is this ongoing need to treat the Biden administration so much differently from the Trump administration? I do think there's a, a little bit of an opportunity for them to inoculate themselves against the criticism that they're in the tank for Biden. You know, the new journalists and that, especially at the editorial level, they're always looking for those opportunities to point to examples where you say, but look what I did. I remember I remember when I criticized Biden for messing up mm-hmm. Afghanistan. I'm not biased, right? They're so sensitive to the critique that they do work ways to inoculate themselves. And I'm mindful of that because, you know, when, when nonprofits do the same thing, they have to be careful of protecting their tax status. And so they do things that they can point to in case it's ever challenged. Like there's a calculus involved. News media is not nonprofits, right? They don't have, they're just doing it purely for perception and fear of the right wing echo chamber. They want that. They, they don't, they, there is a, a little bit of a reflexive piece. So this was a, an opportunity for them to say very clearly. I do think that we can't forget that ultimately, especially the big commercial media networks, love war. They drag us into it, not just Iraq, right? But I mean, when you go back and look, the segments 20 years ago in the lead up to Afghanistan, the lead up to Iraq, Iraq in particular, were filled with military contractors or people associated with military contractors, right? They weren't disclosing it, but they were just bringing on everyone that was drifting off of war to advocate for why we needed more more war and never once pointing out that they had a massive financial interest in the advantage of doing it. I mean, the, the majority of coverage was filled, by, filled with war contractors in the lead up to the war in Iraq, right? And so I, I do think there's a part of it that they're, in this one area, they've not proven to be trustworthy when it comes to coverage. I, I do think that there is a knee-jerk, reflexive desire and lust for war. And I don't know where it comes from, but I, I will say it's definitely decades of, of crowding out any of the people that advocate for peace. More MIP after this message. Hey there, I'm Nadia Komodo. Check out my show, Tigress, which is basically my unfiltered and unapologetic journey of being a work in progress. Like, I hope that I am authentic and I try to be as unfiltered as I possibly can. I am so passionate about what I do, from talking about periods to wanting to build community around the cause to loving the business that I'm working on. Tune in each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are streamed. Well, we all know when it comes to local television and local media, everybody knows this. If it bleeds, it leads. That's right. Uh, that's why the local news always leads with, 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 unfortunately, murder and crime. I guess for the national cable networks, the bigger the bleed, the bigger the lead. Right. And, so, and so let's face it, that is what obviously people are, are going to gravitate toward and, and people are going to want to cover. Media Matters also points out, you know, Fox, of course, has not changed. And they've actually had, I, I, even though you weren't here last week, I aired some of your clips last week for Media Matters. How, I mean, there were literally people, including one of their hosts, what, what I think is Dana Perino. They were all a part of the Bush administration critiquing yep. what's going on. Like they weren't there. Like they literally were not present in court. There were a couple other guys. I can't think. I don't remember all these crazy people's names. But I mean, these were people who were literally in the Bush administration, who were the literal architects of the war, criticizing Joe Biden. And then one of the latest headlines is how Fox even edited a video to make it look like Joe Biden was looking at his watch during the fallen soldier ceremony in Dover. But we know that's payback from when H.W. Bush literally looked at his watch in 1992 in a debate with Bill Clinton about 10 times. Kept doing this, kept doing this, kept doing this and probably cost him that debate, if not the election. But 
you know, so you've you've pointed out all the cable networks are guilty, but none more obviously as usual egregious than Fox. No, because I think the other cable networks are irresponsible. They have a they have a perspective on foreign policy that they adhere to for a variety of reasons. I mean, let's not forget that MSNBC until not that long ago was owned by General Electric, a massive war contractor. You know, it's like I mean, <laughs> in, in addition to all the things, they build weapons. I mean, war. Yeah. So, uh, but Fox, the one thing that you can you can't say about the other channels that you can say about Fox is the other channels aren't malevolent in their mm. coverage. You know. Mm. And, and their reporters are actually got skin in the game. They're doing work on the ground. NBC has people in, you know, had people inside Afghanistan. So did CNN. Real reporters work, hard journalism. Fox doesn't have that. Fox has a Jerusalem bureau, and that's it. And they never had a reporter. They don't have reporters. They don't feel. They don't really do that work. Fox's coverage was malevolent. You know, when, when there was that response strike Sunday morning, that drone strike, before it was confirmed that it was a drone strike, the Fo- Fox's host, Pete Hexit, was... And they just found out that one that some reportedly a child had died at this moment. That that was the what was there. And he said, I hope it was us. But he said, I hope it was us. I hope Joe Biden had the nerve to drop the a bomb and it wasn't some terrorist. Wait a minute. You just you just said that it was a report that a kid died. You have no other information. And your first response is, I hope it was us. Hmm. I mean, that's the so you know, I look at all the coverage on Fox, and one thing that I, I think is really different is it's malevolent. And just like last night, yeah. Tucker says now all these Afghans are rapists. That Joe Biden just brought tens of thousands of Afghan rapists into America. And they criticized him two weeks ago for not bringing in enough Afghans, for leaving people behind. And now they're going to attack him. And it's malevolent. It's a different kind of coverage. And I, I definitely think that it's appropriate and important to draw a distinction between the two, because they are really, really different. One, you can critique, because that's a dialogue, and that may improve their coverage. One is just evil. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, we also know that, as you alluded to, some of their coverage, too, is about fear mongering and xenophobia. Media Matters, we talked about this last week, too. Had, I, I reported on some of your headlines, whereas even with uh, Laura, that part of it is fear mongering about immigrants. And she's even alleging that the Joe Biden agenda is to athwart America's immigration laws circumvent America's immigration laws with what's going on in Afghanistan. So it's like, it's a triangulation. Don't end the war, stay over there, save the Afghanis, but don't bring them here. I mean, it's just a lot of different flying, contradictory messages. Uh, and no wonder Fox's viewership is so confused. Confused and mad. No, and Fox doesn't care if they're confused too, which is the thing in some ways, as long as they're mad, right? As long as they're mad and they know Joe Biden is terrible, that's good enough. For Fox, because in this case, they're not advocating to go back into into Afghanistan. They're not. They're just, I mean, they want to drop bombs indiscriminately. Right. They think that's important part of flexing. But they're they don't actually they're not actually advocating for a foreign policy perspective, right? I mean, even if you criticize or critique or have a different perspective than which I do, and a lot of the advocates of you know like the neocons and others, there there was a there was at least a foreign policy that you could like you say, okay, that's their agenda. They're trying to spread this, right? Like you understood there's at least a rationale behind it. There was a somewhat of a consistency, even if it had terrible outcomes. I don't they don't have a consistent approach here. It is just to scatter bomb with misinformation and attacks, make people confused and mad. Now, when they do have an agenda, like to get people to take hydroxychloroquine or to not get vaccinated or to take that horse drug, you know it, right? Because there's consistency. 
but they don't have it here. Um, the only thing that's consistent is Joe Biden is terrible. Yeah, right. And, and that's the agenda. As always, before we go, I'd like to get an update on, on where we are with Fox and, and the subscriber fees. What, what's the latest? Verizon is the next big run in the fall. We're starting up. Now, once, once Labor Day is over, Fox should kick off their renegotiations with Verizon. I think they're the next big hit. And then at the same time that that's happening, I would just encourage people to know that One American News is working really hard to get themselves picked up on Comcast right now and DirecTV. If they get picked up on Comcast, they will be, if not about the same profitability, more profitable than Bloomberg TV for context. That's how much revenue Comcast pickup would get. So I think we've got two big fights ahead of us in September. One's going to be making sure that One American News doesn't get Comcast picked up. Comcast has 22% of every single cable customer in this country. 22% of them use Comcast services. 22%, almost a, one out of every four. It is the, it is, that is the big one. And then Fox's cable fight will pick up with Verizon. It's, it's pretty clear that that's going to be their next run. They're not negotiating anything right now, I think, but they will pick up with Verizon. We're going to kick off next month a big push zeroing in on their COVID misinformation as a part of it, some of the other extremism to sort of start that process uh, all over again. Because that's a big one. We just we need Verizon to hold the line. Wow. Okay. Keep us posted. Don't, don't forget to follow Angelo at, on Twitter at GoAngelo to keep up with everything that's going on. And of course, we invite you to follow uh, Media Matters on the internet and also on the uh, on their website, MediaMatters.org, and also on Twitter as well at MMFA. Angelo Carasone, President. Angelo, we appreciate you as always, buddy. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Great work. Thank you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.